0: This is Laurie Moore-Moore with Texas Brave and Strong. Tidbits of Texas history you never learned in school. Today's episode, Sally Skull. Pistol-packing, horse-trading, champion-cussing woman. Sally Skull was like a Texas tornado. You knew it when she blew into town. Sally wore a pistol on each hip, and was a crack shot with a quick draw. She wore pants, rode astride, roped and sold horses, and was a champion cusser and a decent poker player. In short, a true Texas character with a reputation for liking men. She married five of them, and most came to mysterious ends. More about that later. It's no surprise that Sally was tough. Her grandfather, William Rab, was one of Stephen F. Austin's old three hundred settlers who colonized Texas. Rab moved his family, including his daughter Rachel, her husband Joseph Newman, and toddler Sarah, to his land grant in what is now LaGrange in Fayette County. But back then it was deep in dangerous Comanche territory. After several encounters with the Comanche, the family moved to New Land, located where the town of Horton is today. One dramatic Indian encounter illustrates how Sally's tough and resourceful characteristics may have originated. During a Comanche attack on the family cabin, Sally's mother realized an attacker was trying to lift the cabin door off its hinges Seeing the Indian's foot between the dirt floor and the bottom of the door, she grabbed an axe and chopped off the attacker's toes. When she realized others were trying to come into the cabin through the chimney, she set fire to a feather pillow and sent smoke and flames up the chimney. Sally was just 16 in 1833 when she married Jesse Robinson, a former Texas Ranger and Indian fighter who was twice her age. Sally first met Robinson when she was a little girl. Robinson was among the men who rescued the Newman family from 200 Waco and Tewakonee Indians who were intent on burning them alive. The newlyweds lived on Robinson's land grant in Wharton County and had two children. But ten years later, in 1843, the marriage was on the rocks and Robinson filed for divorce, accusing Sally of adultery and being a great, scold, termagant, or overbearing, and an adulterer. Eleven days after divorce papers were filed, Sally married her second husband, George H. Scull, a supposedly mild-mannered gunsmith. Following their divorce, Sally and Robinson continued to spend several years quarreling over the custody and the education of their two children. During this time, Sally placed the children in a New Orleans convent. Robinson pulled them out and placed them in a different convent. Sally was not to be overridden, and she abducted the children, placing them in yet again another convent. Skull, husband number two, disappeared in 1849. When asked about him, Sally simply said, He's dead. The rumor was that Sally shot and buried him. People must have been too intimidated to ask further questions. Three years later, Sally changed the spelling of her last name from S-C-U-L-L to S-K-U-L-L. She bought a 150-acre ranch in Banquet in Nueces County and married husband number three, John Doyle. Together, they created a horse ranch and successful horse trading business. In the 1850s, Sally became notorious. John S. Rip Ford, a famous Texas ranger, wrote in his memoirs of seeing Sally in 1852 at a Corpus Christi fair where she shot a man. In the mid-50s, a European tourist wrote about Sally and her reputation. The conversation of these bravos drew my attention to a female character of frontier life. And on inquiry, I heard the following particulars. They were speaking of a North American Amazon, a perfect female desperado, who from inclination has chosen as her residence the wild border country on the Rio Grande. She can handle a revolver and a bowie knife like the most reckless and skillful man. She appears at dances thus armed and has even shot several men at merrymakings. She carries on the trade of a cattle dealer and a common freight character. She drives wild horses from prairie to market and takes her oxen wagon along through the ill-reputed country between Corpus Christi and the Rio Grande. With the unexplained death of Doyle, husband number three, Sally's reputation as a self-made widow grew. Doyle, like Skull simply disappeared. There are several theories about what might have happened to Doyle. Theory one, he tried to kill his shrew of a wife, but she killed him first. Theory two, Sally shot him by accident when he threw cold water on her to wake her up after a drunken fandango party in Corpus Christi. Theory three, the one commonly accepted. Sally found Doyle drinking whiskey from an open barrel pushed his head in, holding it down, screaming, There, drink your fill! He drowned. Sally provided no clues to whether or not one of these versions might be true, just that Doyle's dead. Sally continued her horse trading after Doyle's death, making dangerous trips into Mexico, often alone, to buy wild Mustangs, which she sold in New Orleans. By 1855, Sally was married to Isaiah Watkins, but left him after five months accusing him of beating her and adultery with a woman named Juanita. In 1860, she married again, this time to Christoph Horstroff, an 18-year-old with the unfortunate nickname of Horstroff, a man less than half her age of 43. By 1861, the Civil War had started, and Sally responded to a new business opportunity. The Union blockade of the Gulf of Mexico hindered the shipping and the sale of Texas cotton from Confederate ports. Matamoros, Mexico became the center of the cotton trade between the Confederacy and the cotton markets in Europe and, strangely enough, the market in the U.S. North. Cotton traveled from the interior of Texas on the old trails of the Camino Royale. To Brownsville and then across the river to Matamoros and the adjacent port of Baghdad, to be loaded on small foreign-flag ships, which the Union blockade would not challenge, due to fears of creating an international incident. These small ships carried cotton to ports like Havana, Cuba, where it was located on large sailing ships bound for England and other foreign ports, as well as for New York. Yes. <laughs> Texas cotton was sold to the Union in return for supplies for the Confederacy. (laughs) Strange but true. The town of Banquet, Sally's headquarters, was a key stop on the Cotton Road to Matamoros. Seizing the business opportunity, Sally bought wagons, hired Mexican teamsters—she was fluent in Spanish— and began carrying Texas cotton to Mexico, where it would be sold for specie—that's silver or gold coins— or traded for arms, ammunition, medicine, and other vital products needed by the Confederacy or by Texas citizens. Sally often accompanied her cotton caravans, impressing her teamsters with her gunplay and large vocabulary of curses. Riding her Spanish pony Red Buck on a silver-trimmed saddle, and dressed in a buckskin shirt, jacket, and long rawhide bloomers tied at the ankle, She must have been an unusual sight for a woman. Sally Skull served Texas and the Confederacy until the end of the Civil War. The final appearance of Sally was as a defendant in a lawsuit which ended with a court document saying, Death of Defendant Suggested. She was last seen riding out of town with Horstroff. Sally didn't return with him. She simply disappeared he said. A drifter subsequently reported finding a shallow grave with a woman's boot sticking out of it. Did Horstroff do her in for her gold and her other property? To add to the mystery, heirs of a man named Christoph Horstroff claimed that their ancestor, with the same name, never had a wife or any dealings with Sally Skull. So, who knows? What we do know is Sally Skull, was a straight-shooting championship cusser who could wield a whip, ride like a man, was brave, loved to dance, was unlucky in love, although maybe some of her husbands were unluckier, and she served Texas and the Confederacy well by carrying cotton down the dangerous Cotton Road to Mexico during the Civil War. You'll find a historical marker for Sally Skull at the intersection of U.S. Highway 138 and Texas State Highway 202 just two miles north of Refugio. Sally Skull, a notorious Texas woman. <laughs> what a gal. This has been Laurie Moore Moore with the Texas Brave and Strong Podcast, posted twice a month, now also available on YouTube. Be sure to check out my historical novel, Gone to Dallas, The Storekeeper, 1856 to 1861. Find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and other bookish sites in paperback and as an e-book. Thanks for listening to Texas Brave and Strong. Y'all come back.